In a world where a man loves movies and loves lists and keeps a list of his 100 favorite movies for over 30 years, what if he made his wife watch those movies in order? And what if he made her talk about it on a podcast? Would she like them? Would she hate them? Can this marriage possibly survive this podcast? Find out what will happen in a world called Craig's List. Howdy, partner. There's a snake in my boot. We are eternally grateful because you've got a friend in me and we're going to go to infinity and beyond on today's Craigslist podcast, The Claw. We're, we're talking about Toy Story 3 today, not Toy Story, not Toy Story 2, but the third, the threequel. Uh, and uh, hey, I'm Craig. Hi, I'm Carla. And uh, we're talking, as always, about my 100 favorite movies. This is number 81. So this is episode 20 on Craigslist Podcast. And we have a guest today. We're very excited always when we have somebody over at Shay Kikowski. <laughs> <laughs> he is an actor. He is a voice actor. He is an improviser. Mm. Uh, he is a podcaster extraordinaire on such <laughs> podcasts as We Got This and other podcasts that he will plug to you later. Sure. Mm. And uh, he is our friend. And his name is Hal Lublin. Yay! Yep. That's right. If you thought it was going to be Mark Gagliardi, <laughs> you get a 50-50 shot. All of those things All of those things also apply. But he, he doesn't have other podcasts though, right? That's true. He doesn't. <laughs> yeah. He can't be bothered. Uh, <laughs> He's barely on ours. <laughs> Uh, you did cover on We Got This, I believe, the best Pixar movie. True. In, in year one. In year one. This yes. was an early We Got This episode. and It I was believe- a live one that I happened to be at. Carla was there. Are you guys jealous? Do you feel so jealous right now? Did, did you uh, go to the live Quidditch match beforehand? Were I did. It was happening? the best thing I'd ever seen. And they went to Mark and I and said, hey, uh, would you guys call this Quidditch match? Yeah. And I did not remember anything about Quidditch. <laughs> you guys and, talked the whole time. Yeah, it was Mark, amazing. <laughs> just like, let's just talk the whole time and not follow the action. It was just great. a bunch of kids holding brooms and throwing a, a So it was a like dodgeball. the Pistol Shrimps podcast, but for Quidditch. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was no, seriously, it was really impressive because I was like, "How do they know all those Harry Potter words?" <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all Mark. <laughs> yeah, only at Comic Con can uh, can that happen. That was fun, and I sat with your dad, Hal. <laughs> oh, there you go, Papa Lublin. We hung out. Yep, Papa Lublin. So you may feel in having covered this already on We Got This that you are on record on Toy Story three. Yes. I am, I am on record on this. I will say at the time, Inside Out had just come into theaters. Oh, right. And Mark had not seen it, so it wasn't put into the running. That may have been the winner. It might have been. I think I yeah. – oh, man. It's hard to – look, all the Toy Story films are great. And what's great about the Toy Story films is they build – the first one is fantastic. I think the second one is as good, if not a little bit better. And the third one is just a masterpiece. Well, and so we should say that Toy Story 3 was the one that won on your podcast. It was. Yeah. Spoiler alert. That one won. Go back and listen to it. It's really fun. <laughs> it's about the journey, guys. Yeah, exactly. It's what the answer was. So it's already on record as being the greatest Pixar film of all time. Correct. Yeah. Indisputably. Indisputably. 
And it is the only Pixar film on my list, though I love, love many of them. Uh, you may know that I have a second hundred uh, of unranked movies, but here are the 100 movies that just missed Craigslist. And on that list are The Incredibles mm-hmm. and Ratatouille. Mm. Sure. And uh, I'm who knows? I may have Inside Out and Wally on there when I redo the list. Uh, those will be up there as well. Um, they uh, they have a consistently high level of uh, quality of film. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. will say. Um, we were just hanging out at SF Sketchfest last weekend. Because <laughs> uh-huh. that's who we are. Bay Area and, folks, you know. <laughs> we ran into our friend Dr. Wave, uh, who works at Pixar and uh, does uh, a lot of the software and technology for many of their films uh, over the years. Mm-hmm. And uh, he started listening to the podcast. So hi, Wave. Hi, Wave. Hey, buddy. And thanks for the uh, the free publicity. And he tweeted earlier today, I'm a little concerned that your next movie is the only one on the list that I worked on. And I wrote back, uh, concerned that there aren't more Pixar films or worried about what Carla Kukowski might say. <laughs> and he wrote back, honestly, a little terrified of Carla Kukowski after listening to some of these podcasts. Oh, no. <laughs> and don't have Ben Acker on. He hates everything. <laughs> That's very true. I was just listening to his episode on the way over here. <laughs> he really does He's hate everything except cranky. the Spice Girls. He loves it. <laughs> Which in 2005, when he told me, I thought he was joking yeah. with the first three or four minutes. No. Acker don't do irony. No. He sure don't. <laughs> though he does like some things that seem to be ironic, though. Yes. And, uh, when our Pixar, Pixar episode came out, Dr. Wave live tweeted it. Oh. His oh, listening cool. experience. That's just like, so- you're wrong. Everybody thinks the, the uh, portion of Up. Where, where young Ed Asner and his wife fall in love as children all the way through her death. People assume that that, like that sequence I think is four minutes, just under five, but in people's memory of it, it's always way longer. Oh, right. interesting. So. Cause it, it tells an entire story. It tells a lifetime of, of stories. Yeah. Story first yeah. at Pixar. And uh, I should also note that Ben Acker wrote back, uh, too late, sucker. Also, I love Toy Story 3. Oh. So this is a movie that- He only said that to be adversary though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If, if, yeah, if we had all been like, Toy Story 3 is the worst, he would have been like, I'll, yeah. Well, because he hates people saying that he hates everything. Right, exactly. (laughs) King Contrarian, Ben Acker. Uh, well, so Ben, this is the movie that can melt even the heart of Ben Acker. And I suspect that there's not going to be a lot of disagreement about the quality of this movie today. Right. Carla? It was probably, I, as we were watching it, I was getting a little nervous because I was like, I don't have anything to talk about in this movie. Meaning I just like it. <laughs> so, <laughs> Should I leave? So I was like, oh no. Great. Done. I don't have anything to complain about. So I guess I'm a Ben Acker is what I'm saying. Uh, and I got real nervous. Um, so anyways, yeah, that's where I'm at right now. Psychologically and spiritually. <laughs> and Hal has already played his hand. So I think we all love this movie. Yeah. yeah. And this is probably the movie I've seen the fewest times on the list. Because, uh, as you know, everything, I must have seen it three times in order for it to be on the list mm-hmm. in the first place. Mm-hmm. And this, I believe, is the fourth time I've seen it. I've liked it more every time I've seen it. Uh, it just kind of grows in meaning and poignancy <laughs> for me. 
And I really feel like it's a movie that's both wall to wall funny and wall to wall poignant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there's so many great laughs in it and it, and it's constantly getting you <laughs> right there, you know? Yeah. It was, I've cried four times watching it, uh, most recently today. Aww. Would you care to enumerate those four times? Oh, sure. I cried at the very beginning when the, <laughs> when I realized that the toys were real sad because Andy was going away and they weren't yeah. going to play with anymore. <laughs> I always cry when they, when they readily accept their own death going into the incinerator towards the end. We'll cover that moment much Aww. more because of course. It's, kind of, it's kind of the pivotal, uh, scene of the movie that like takes it from, uh, great to, incredibly deep yes yeah. exactly you don't realize how an adult oh, film it is i just thinking about when they go to hold each other's hands like, yeah i can't even deal oh with my it God. i uh <laughs> i forget the well one time's the very end the handoff of the toys yes to, to bonnie the, to bonnie and then i can't remember the middle but there is a bonus fifth time which was me talking to jennifer on the way over here <laughs> and telling her i was coming to, to talk about this movie and how it made me cry. And she's like, well, which parts? And then I started talking about the incinerator. And started, she was like, are you crying again? Don't cry while you're driving. Oh. I was like, all right. It's already happening. I can't stop. I'm not going to pretend I'm not crying. It's Toy Story 3. So oh. uh, I also cried at the part where um, – what's the mean teddy bear's name? Lotso. When Lotso – Lotso Hugging Bear is his full name. Lo- okay. So the flashback <laughs> to Lotso and Baby and the, and Chuckles the Clown oh, uh, getting yeah. lost from their little girl there, yeah. and going back and looking in the window. <laughs> and Baby's so sad. I've never seen a baby doll so sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> I mean – Several Pixar movies have gotten me, uh, but Carla probably remembers most, most vividly when we did go to see Inside Out and we were seeing a matinee, uh, in the middle of a, like a Tuesday mm-hmm. in Los Angeles and we're at, uh, the Los Feliz 3 theater, which even the biggest screen is still kind of tiny. There's maybe a hundred seats in there and there's maybe 20 people in there. We're sitting right up front. And during, of course, the moment in Inside Out where Bing Bong sacrifices himself yeah. and tells her to go to the moon, you know, uh, I started crying so hard, uh, and then it audibly and Carla started like poking me and giving me a hard time. <laughs> and then we both started laughing about that. Uh, and the laughing made me cry more and the crying made me laugh more. And it's probably a sound that you've never heard come out of me. <laughs> Can you recreate that sound now? <laughs> Somewhere along those lines. You sound I like you need a, a Heimlich. <laughs> uh, just one Heimlich. Yeah, just one. One unit of Heimlich, That takes please. care of it. Uh yeah. One Heimlich like thrust. Was a real Steel Magnolias moment. <laughs> that, uh, that means nothing to me. Uh, there's Never a part in the it. movie where you're sobbing because <laughs> Sally Field's like, she's, I forget, but it's like, she's my daughter and I was always prepared to go first. And she's like sobbing. Give my daughter the shot. No, that's not I thought it was, get us some orange juice. No, that's <laughs> a different the, part of the movie. She's in the barber's chair. You guys are ruining it. So she's like, I was always prepared to go first. Blah, blah, blah. And then Olympia Dukakis, uh, and she's like, I just, or Sally Field goes, okay, bear with me. Sally Field goes, I just want to hit someone. I just want to hit someone. And then Olympia Dukakis grabs Shirley MacLaine and throws her in front of her and says, hit 
Weezer. <laughs> it is so funny. <laughs> she tells her to hit her at like the saddest moment. It's a, it's a laughing, crying moment. Where would Steel Magnolias be on Carla's list? I don't know. I don't have much beyond top five. Okay. <laughs> it all feels... Six and seven, I would yeah. say, would be after that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I should start to think about this more. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the goals for this podcast is at the end of it that, that Carla's list is a reality. Do you remember yeah. when we tried to do Carla's list? We first started dating. Yeah. It was it was like nine years ago uh, when we were first on a cruise ship yeah. together. Yeah. And, uh, and, we, and we had a lot of time to kill. We had a lot of time to kill. So we were going through movies and you were very um, judgmental about all of my choices. Uh-huh. And then I lost. Like, we were like writing them down. Uh, just on slips of paper, you know, back in the old days when you would do that. Sure. And I lost all the papers. Yeah. So it was like all that work for nothing. I think we wrote it on index cards, actually. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And then a bird came and grabbed it. And flew <laughs> off. Oh. You'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, movies I love. I'll never remember you. <laughs> never. Well, I suppose I should explain for the listener what Toy Story 3 is. <laughs> <laughs> So crawl out from under your rocks and put on your headphones. Yeah. There's, see, there's not a lot to say about this one. It's it's pretty like well out there in the culture. Well out there? Mm. I'll, I'll say a better sentence at some point in the next 45 minutes. The premise, of course, harkens back to the first movie, which is basically the premise is so great and so simple, which is like when you leave the room, your toys come alive and talk to each other. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a foolproof Here's, premise and it's kind of like the kind of thing that we all thought and felt as kids. Can I say though, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm so rude. Uh, the part where they open the trunk when the toys are in there and the mom's like, or no, Andy opens them and he's like, looks at them and they all think, Oh, he's going to play with us. And he slams the trunk closed. You can see like baseballs and stuff mm-hmm. underneath them. And I'm like, why aren't those alive? <laughs> Right? Because they're in the toy trunk and it's like sports stuff, but like technically. He beats me with a bat in front of everybody. If a slinky can talk, why can't a baseball? He's a dog with a slinky body. But what is the rule of the universe? I knew Carla would find somebody to complain about no. this movie. I think you she, have to have something that makes you anthropomorphic, right? Yes. Sorry. You're, no, you're right. You found something. You found oh. a flaw. A baseball was never meant to talk. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Explain all of that to me real quick. So like the the phone in Toy Story 3 has a face. Mm. So it's reasonable to think that that, 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 cre- that he has a way to move himself around. Oh, okay. And he, ha- he is made to look like a, like a live telephone. So okay. When you leave, he does become alive. The Etch-A-Sketch can draw a face, so it's got to be to communicate. A ball can just roll around. Yes. Interesting. But a ball could also um, lose its stitching and it could become a face. <laughs> you know what? There's so many you – know, like, yeah. I can't wait for Toy Story 4, which is coming out in like two years. Are you serious? Yes. Yes. There is a Toy Story 4. I have no – I mean I, I, I've heard a synopsis of what the plot is. I'm skeptical. I don't know that there's another story to tell. I'm sure Pixar will prove me wrong. Right. Uh, but I hope that there's a talking baseball with Stitch's wound <laughs> and a piece of toast with the Virgin Mary put into it. <laughs> that would be my favorite. I never knew the touch of a man. <laughs> Butter me. So, uh, Wave, let it be known that Carla is on record as wanting sentient baseballs and bats. But wait a second. <laughs> One more qu- question. Okay. So if he has like a sticker of a smiley face, could that have a voice? 
Only if you're a potato head. Because remember, he uses his parts and he can be in a cucumber or a pita right. to still, yes. still be Mr. Potato Head. But that means the magic is in the parts. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it can't be the, like if you draw a face on a baseball, I see it what start you're talking saying. to you. Okay, Hal, you've convinced me. You've convinced me. I'm glad that I brought it up. It was really <laughs> bothering me today. Let me just go through some stats for this movie. Uh, this, by the way, is only one of six movies from this century on Craigslist. <laughs> Wow. Which is basically the last uh, 17 years. Weird. <laughs> so only six movies. And this we've covered three of them already. So there's only two more wow. still to come from the last 17 years. Um, this is one of only three animated movies on Craigslist. There are two still to come, including one next week. And uh, this was an Oscar nominee for Best Picture, one of the th- only three animated films to be nominated for Best Picture. You guys want to hazard a guess what the other two are? Beauty and the Beast is one. Yeah, that was the first in 1991. I believe the other Wait, one. Wait, what did you just say? Three movies, animated movies, have been nominated for the Oscar for Best Picture. Is the oh, other yeah. one Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs? That got an honorary Oscar uh. in 1937 uh, because if you recall the picture of Walt getting a full-sized Oscar and then seven oh, tiny Oscars. That's right. But it was, there was no category for animated film. It was not Lion nominated. Lion King. No, good guess though. Uh, I will say... Is it – it's not um, American Pop? No, it's not American Pop. I'm just kidding. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking, I, about, I thinking about Ralph Bakshi. Yeah. <laughs> um, like a really Fritz the Cat? One. Fritz the Cat, yeah. Fritz the Cat. Is, um, oh, is it – not Steamboat Willie wasn't Best Picture. It was so short, it would have been later is what you're saying. It would have been after. Beauty Sequoia. and Beast was the first ever nominated. Right. So it's, okay. it's been since then. And oh. it was – I'll, I'll give you a hint. It was the year before Toy Story 3. Is it that Richard, Richard Linklater movie where they drew over everybody? Waking Life, it is not. A Bug's okay. Life. Not A Bug's Life. <laughs> Cars 2. Oh, wait. Before Toy Story. What did you say before Toy Story it 3? It was the year before Toy Story 3. So 2009. Uh, 2009's. Up. up. Really? The answer is up. Yeah. That was a nominee for Best Picture. Right. I've only seen that movie once. I cried. That came out a year Less than a year after my mother passed away, mm. and the first five minutes of that film were yeah. so difficult for me that I Aww. fogged up my 3D glasses Aww. and missed most of the film. I was saying, like, I, I, their Aww. love was so true. Aww. And I, yeah. yeah. That's so tough. Yeah, it's, uh, it's heart wrenching. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Try laughing now, audience. <laughs> See um, that? I wonder if Acker thinks it's heart wrenching. Um, <laughs> just kidding, Acker. I love you. Um, so, but can I say real quick yes. that we, this is probably the only movie on your top 100. Oh, is that your next thing? That was the next thing I was going to get so to. That's so weird. We're so in love. <laughs> we are so in love. <laughs> it's true, guys. They have to stop we, looking at each we other. We think alike. You can you can say it, Carla. This is the only movie on your top 100 that we saw together in the theater for the first time. For the first time, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Because again, I don't have too many recent movies. Carla and I have been together for 10 years, so there's really not many movies from the last 10 years. Man on Wire would be the other one, but I saw it by myself in the theater first, and then I think showed it to you on DVD. Yeah. Right. So yeah, this is the only one that Carla and I saw in the theater together, and we saw it at the Vista in Silver Lake, which is just a great place uh, to go see like a good uh, wide release, you know, big screen movie. I don't remember where it was. I just remember seeing it with you. We saw it at the Vista, uh, and do you remember how I behaved during this movie? Crying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think there were two scenes where I laughed hysterically so loud. 
Uh, and there, there are two montage sequences that are, that are just great. One is when, uh, the toddlers run roughshod over all the toys, yeah. uh, at daycare because they've seen the older kids kind of like nicely playing right. with the veteran toys. <laughs> and then, uh, that sequence where the toddlers come in and just start painting and drawing on them and breaking all of the toys, and slamming them into the ground. It's so well done. It's just like a brutal scene from a war movie. Yes. <laughs> you know, is it one of Mr. Potato Head's eyes going to a kid's nose? Yes. Snotty oh, yeah. nose with an eye. Up it's so stuff. good. And then we see a close up of uh Buzz's uh face with, with this kid licking him, oh, right? right? <laughs> all the slobber uh so over fun. his face guard. Yeah. And then the other scene is when Ken is trying on different outfits. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh which to the tune of uh La Freak by Chic. Uh <laughs> <laughs> it's another just like great montage yeah. sequence uh, that Pixar really knows how to do. So I will say, uh, watching this again, when did this come out? 2010. Okay. Uh, I don't think that those jokes, those Ken jokes would fly anymore. I was like, wow, this it's just been six years or seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically the one at the end where they're like, where they think it's Barbie that's written the note. <laughs> Well, yeah, he, uh, Barbie goes to get the instruction manual from the bookworm. Mm-hmm. And as what he thinks is Ken in his astronaut suit walks away, there's a close up on Barbie's high heels and bookworm, who was voiced by Richard Kind, also yeah. the voice of Bing Bong, uh, goes, yeesh. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but then there's another scene during the credits where they think that Barbie's written them the note from the daycare saying how they're doing. Uh-huh. And at the, at the end, uh, Cowgirl, What's her name? Jesse. Jesse is like, I don't think that's Barbie's handwriting. <laughs> and then they're like, Ugh. and they make these weird groans. Uh, I just don't think those jokes would fly. So it's too homophobic for 2017. Well, or just like there's so much. Uh, what's what's the proper word here? There, it's Identity politics? Yes. Thank you. That's a great way <laughs> right, to put there's it. There's a lot of you're a, you're a girl's toy to Ken as an insult, which is yeah. very – uh, resistant to right, so it's. I, I mean, it's look. Probably for the three of us, it's not. It's you. You see it uh, for other people rather than like. Oh, it doesn't really bother me that right, much. Right, or right, is right. it that harsh? Which is really difficult to judge. Yeah, why it's better to usually just stay away from it. Right, but right. But I didn't. I guess I noticed it a little bit, but it didn't really it strike just feel- me as like this would. This would cause. I know people would be upset. It feels like uh, – it just feels like because everybody's so sensitive right now, myself included, mm-hmm. um, our whole culture right now is just jumping on every little thing. Sure. Um, and I just don't think that some of those jokes would have gotten through sure. if it was released today in the same way. And I, yeah. Although I still think they're actually really funny. The, ye- the yeesh made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, me yeah. too. Totally. It totally made me laugh. But I just thought, I don't know. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see uh, what the gender and identity politics are for Toy Story 4. But it's only been six or seven years. That's why I thought it was an interesting thought that I had. (laughs) The plot, by the way, is – and it's actually set up in this movie – is that they're going to find Bo Peep. What? It is. (laughs) That's the plot of Toy Story 4. Oh, that's right because the – They they mention that uh, that Bo Peep – 
what got lost or got they don't mention they're just like we lost a lot of people on the way like Bo Peep Bo Peep and then there's just sadness yeah but no story behind it so that's an interesting thing to oh those smart Pixar people and also uh, reading the trivia for this movie apparently Bo Peep was they decided not to include her in this because uh, she is porcelain and would have melted uh, near the incinerator. Uh, <laughs> right? Or been broken by the kids. Or the been broken kids. by the little yeah. kids. So, like, she's too fragile a toy That's to cool. be conceivable in the plot of Toy Story 3. I didn't really miss her character, even though I love uh, I loved her. I love Annie Potts, of course. And she was great in those first two films. But this felt like... The core group when they when they go all right everybody let's meet at the beginning and it's just them that you don't feel like anybody's missing really yeah yeah I agree uh, that reminds me I should go ahead and do a sneak preview of this Carlos quote since we're talking about it because when they mentioned Bo Peep missing Carlos said Bo Peep did she die in real life the voice <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember who and no the Annie voice Potts was. is still with us I know <laughs> if you had said it's Annie Potts I would have been like I know she's still alive. <laughs> But Jim Varney had passed away. Jim Varney passed away between two and three and was recast as, is it Ron Clark? Like, I think you, one of those Southern right. comedians. Yes. He does a really good voice match. It's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, all the Toy Story movies, uh, the voices are so great. And they just cast some of the most recognizable voices, period. I mean, Tom Hanks. Is, uh, you know, America's leading man, America's sweetheart. And, <laughs> and just the guy that kind of stands for like basic decency. You know, he's the Jimmy Stewart, uh, or Henry Fonda of our age. And, you know, Woody is just supposed to be that, uh, you know, that hero that you love and, and trust. You know, there's nobody better than Tom Hanks. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> it's true. It's all true. <clears throat> Uh, Tim Allen, of course, great as Buzz Lightyear. Uh, but then, you know, like Wallace Shawn has one of, one of the most recognizable voices of all time. Yes. You know, Don Rickles is Potato Head. Estelle Harris is Mrs. Potato Head. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Varney originally as, um, as Slinky and, uh, or what is the, what is the dog's name? Slinky Dog. Slinky yeah, Dog. Slinky yeah. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, all of them are so memorable and, and wonderful. And uh Lotso, the villain in this, played by Ned Beatty. Oh, uh and he's really one of the great villains <laughs> in recent movies. Yeah. Because he comes on with that southern charm uh and then kind of reveals his dark side yeah. more and more as the movie goes. <laughs> by the end, he's a total bastard. Yeah. You know, he has the, they rescue him, he has the opportunity to save them, and he kind of turns his back. <laughs> But he gets his comeuppance. Yeah. He is sort of the – I don't know why he makes me think of Deliverance, obviously, because it's Ned Beatty. Sure. But it is the opposite of his character in Deliverance. Like, a, <laughs> like he's just this strong, conniving guy who has turned a daycare center into a prison for yes. toys. <laughs> I've never seen Deliverance and I'm okay with it. I I can guarantee you, sweetheart, that you are way okay with not seeing <laughs> Deliverance. <laughs> you've ever called me sweetheart <laughs> listen here sweetheart look sweetheart <laughs> let me tell you about the liver and sweetheart oh, boy. uh yeah that movie is too male and violent for me wow okay okay yeah. okay okay <laughs> It's a lot of like, I broke my leg. Let me shoot this guy with an arrow. Oh. That's a lot of, uh, that's most of deliverance right there for you. Uh, nope. 
And the most famous thing is the squeal like a pig boy, which is yeah, when, yeah, I know. Yeah, you know what that is. Yeah. Okay, and that's early. <laughs> it's not like opening sequence. The yeah, those are the credits. <laughs> and then you see all the outtakes during the end credits. The squeal like a dog. That's not right. I'm just gonna keep doing them until I get it. Two hours of bloopers. After that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the other famous thing from Deliverance, uh, dueling banjos. Ding 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 ding. Is that right? Yeah, pretty yep. close. Yeah, nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Don't ever need to see it. Okay, Carla is never going to see Deliverance. Uh, that actually reminds me of when I was first doing my list uh, back in high school. My friends Andrew and Dave and Sean, I think too, we all did our top hundred list, and we would frequently <laughs> compare notes and everything. And Deliverance was one of Dave's favorite movies. Ooh. And what uh, happened to Dave? <laughs> I can't get into it on this podcast. Um, but uh, it was in his top 10. I remember he called me late at night once and was like, Craig, I just want to make a pitch for you. Uh, Deliverance was shot in sequence. And I was like, great. I still don't like it. <laughs> so, like, I don't care that it was shot. So it was shot. the craft of the film yeah. that he was really. I don't know. Um <laughs> Let's get into some Carlos quotes. There's not many. Well, I was, I was in to the movie. <laughs> there, of course, there's always more than you think there would be. <laughs> <laughs> also, you had had a glass of wine or two oh, right. before we we watched half of it last night and half of it this morning. So that's right. You might have talked more last night oh, than you think oh, you did. All right. Uh, though I think most of them are in a similar theme, so they may get redundant after a while. But there are does, no. Real quick, does Jen talk during movies? Yes. Well, I bet she says hilarious stuff. When when Sharknado came out, I was on we, we all remember that. Like, yeah, that's the, that's number three on your list, right? We got, we'll Spoilers. Get Sorry, uh, we we watched. I showed it to her. I'd not seen it yet. We watched it together, and she started just saying stuff out loud. And then I live tweeted her watching it. <laughs> and for a brief shining moment, it was that's it was amazing. a darling of Twitter for all of. That's one hour. Amazing. Paul Paul F. Tompkins and Mark Evan Jackson. Like we saw them the next day. They were like, that was hilarious. That's so funny. And so yes, you two together. The four of us should watch a film. Someday. I was yes. just thinking that. That would be would so fun. <laughs> uh by the way, did you you also did Best Trilogy on We got this did, did Toy Story come up as one of the contenders for that? Toy Story did come up as as one of the contenders for that. That was with uh Nathan our friend Nathan Fillion. Yes. Um it did not win in the face of larger trilogies, but it also – it's really hard to find – again, like watch these three movies. Even before we get into the <clears> quotes, <throat> can we talk about the opening sequences of all three films? Yeah. So the first yeah. first film opens with Andy playing with his toys and you see it through through what's actually happening in the room. You see that they're being ragdolled around. You see how he set everything up. Second film – you get to see Buzz Lightyear in action in outer space. It turns out they're either playing a video game. I think Ham is playing a video game. Yes. And uh, the third one is a full – this fantasy sequence yeah. of what Andy sees when he's playing with the toys. You see his imagination come to life. Andy's storytelling is getting more and more sophisticated. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's this whole epic western you know, with all, all the toys have a role in mm-hmm. it. I love that the orphans on the train are the trolls. <laughs> yes. Oh. Right, yeah. Um, the, uh, there's a nuclear explosion with a barrel of monkeys, you know, <laughs> like it's, it's so well done. And yes, you're, you're totally right. Yeah. That, and, that, and in four, it's going to start with the toys acting at deliverance. <laughs> it's really, it's full circle as a storyteller. 
I can't Poor Andy. wait. Can't wait. Um, Marriage didn't go so well for Andy. <laughs> squeal like a pig. <laughs> but to have a part three that is not diminishing returns in any way, like that's so hard. And you could just kind of uh, sail by uh, so easily of like there's so many, you know, part twos and part threes that have uh, – they're just trying to hit the beats of the previous ones and just kind of do fan service. And this took everything that the first two set up and just took it way deeper. Hmm. Carlos quotes. <laughs> um, yeah. Carlos um, quotes. Carlos quotes. This is me doing low voice. Carlos quotes. <laughs> uh, when we have a higher budget, we'll have a theme song for Carlos quotes. <laughs> um, the uh, the aliens made their typical sound uh, <laughs> early in that uh, action sequence, and Carlos said, "Ooh, that's the sound I make all the time." <laughs> I don't know what that meant in reference to what, just in general. I don't know. We're already four <laughs> Can glasses in. Can you explain my brain point? to me? No. Uh, <laughs> if I could, this podcast wouldn't exist. Okay. Um, <laughs> Carla also said, it's Utah. Uh, <laughs> what? Well, pr- probably because there's buttes and mesas. You oh, know? Yeah. It looks yeah, like yeah. Utah. Well, it looks like Monument Valley, which is where John Ford shot all those westerns. And so I think that was the inspiration for Andy in creating yes. this fantasy sequence for his The uh, reason I his... said that was because we just drove through Utah. We just drove through Utah, and it is jaw-droppingly beautiful. Yep. Mm. <laughs> it is. It is lovely Did we convince there. you? Oh, you yeah. Know. And you don't know. all eight-year-olds love the searchers? Is that the film? That <laughs> just yes. pop them in. I don't have a babysitter tonight. We're just going to pop it in. Andy had just seen The Searchers. Yeah. Have you seen The Searchers, Carla? Nope. One of the great westerns of all time. Not on Craigslist. I don't particularly care for it. Uh, so fuck you, The Searchers. <laughs> fuck you, John Wayne. Marion Morrison. Uh, what? Double M. Marion Morrison is John Wayne's real name. Oh, why? <laughs> well, that's what his parents named him. Marion? Marion, like my uncle Marion. Oh, yeah. M A R I O N. Most Marions are women. That's true. A lot of them are. <laughs> we should find hey, out exactly how many. It's 2017. It's okay <laughs> now. Yeah, yeah. Yeesh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeesh. <laughs> When they have the big explosion of the barrel of monkeys, there's a mushroom cloud. And Carla goes, yikes, that's real cute until North Korea sends a nuclear bomb our way. (laughs) Wow, this is a dark viewing. (laughs) Carla's viewing of old movies is always colored by current events in her mind. Yeah, There's a lot going on. (laughs) It's It's hard to process. (laughs) Gotta watch movies to get through it. And then when we cut back to reality and uh, we have the opening sequence with another Randy Newman song uh, opening titles and we see uh, Andy's uh, height on the wall, you know, the little chalk mark on the wall as Andy gets taller. Carla said, oh, I'm going to start crying already. (laughs) (laughs) Something about human growth just gets you. Oh, that was so sweet. I want to have a kid just to do that. Just to have the mark on the that wall. That seems a shallow reason. <laughs> Why don't you just put the marks on the door and tell people you have a kid? I don't know. Good point, Hal. Now all of a sudden he's eight feet. <laughs> he's out again. You missed him again. You just missed him. <laughs> it's a nighttime paper route. 
We could certainly do it for Benny. He doesn't seem to be getting any taller, no. though. Yeah. That sounds stupid, boring. Stupid dog. Just think a groove in the wall, then. <laughs> uh, Carla also said, uh, boy, Joan Allen's made a lot of money off these movies. <laughs> and I said, who? And you said, Joan Allen. Joan, Joan Cusack. I've had two. I, I've had one glass of wine. So it was as if in the middle of the quote, you realized it was being recorded. I was already typing it in yes. as you were saying it, and you adjusted the number of glasses of wine you did. Is that, is that what was going That's on? That's what was going on. Okay. Uh, easy to mix those two up. They're around the same age. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Both Jones. Both Jones. And both, I believe, originally from Chicago. Because Joan Allen was a Steppenwolf actor and Joan Cusack uh, studied at the Piven Theater with the rest of the Cusacks and Pivens. Yes. Both Academy Award nominated. That is correct. There you go. There you go. Joan Cusack for Working Girl and mm-hmm. In and Out. That's right. Yeah. Twice. And Joan Allen <laughs> you for. You sound so pleased with yourself. <laughs> Joan Allen for Nixon, The Crucible, and The Contender. Wow. There you have it. Possibly more, but I'm, I'm definitely those. Watch Nixon. Definitely those three. Oh, I'm never going to watch Nixon again. Boring? Uh, yeah, rough. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can make it through any Oliver Stone movie again, and I used to love them. You huh. know, when I was around 20, you know, I thought his movies were the bee's knees. Platoon, sure. Platoon was on my list for many years, and it's still a great movie, <clears throat> but I think uh, it's definitely colored to me by his whole career. JFK, I think, is probably the one that probably it's it's most entertaining, definitely. Mm-hmm. Though it's a long movie. So wait, you think he's boring now? No, I think he's got. Uh, I mean, it's very and believe me, I'm as left as he is. But it's very much about his political agenda. They're very heavy handed. I mean, mm-hmm. they're not subtle movies mm-hmm. in any way. And I've always swore to myself that I could never, never watch Born on the Fourth of July again because I felt like that movie was so gratuitous. <clears throat> In every way, shape, or form, and I thought it was such an ordeal. Did you see it? I've never seen it. I have seen parts of it, and I know that the chapel that they have the march in front of is in Syracuse University, and in my dorm Aww. freshman year was right around the corner from it. Weird. And they kept pointing it out. I was like, I'm still not going to watch it. Leave me alone. I have to get to class. <laughs> it's like when you go to Astoria, and the only thing that they talk about is Goonies. That's the same thing with your dorm. <laughs> Astoria, Queens? Yeah, sure. Uh, it, it is story, right? You gotta see Goonies. It's so freaking good. <laughs> Dater's apartment's right over there. Hey, have a slice. Look at that story of Queens. Is it not called Astoria? Yeah, you're right. Astoria. Oh, you're yeah. just riffing. Okay. I'm just riffing. I got you. Sorry, I'm a little tired today. <laughs> From all that one glass of wine you had last night? I had such a big one glass of wine last night. Oh, boy. This concludes a new segment on the podcast called Rippin' on Stone and Riffin' on Queens. (laughs) Uh, Oh, we got so many more Carlos quotes to get to. Get through it. When uh, they start talking about... how, you know, and, you know, they never, uh, have any interaction with Andy anymore. And Rex says, he actually held me. <laughs> Carla said, oh, so sad. <laughs> it's like 10 minutes into the movie. Oh, it's a tough one. Yeah. They're, de- they're super desperate. <clears throat> yeah. 
And then when Andy and his mom are trying to decide like what toys leave and what toys stay, uh, Carla's like, I don't know. The slinky toys get thrown out pretty easily. <laughs> <laughs> like it's surprising that uh, he would have held on to slinky for yeah. so long. Yeah. Those get real screwed up real easily though. Like oh, bent. Yeah. And I, like- I don't know that I had a slinky that lasted longer than a couple months. Yeah. And doesn't he get messed up in either the first or second film? Then they fix him. Yeah. Oh. So he's thick. He's always got that perfect elasticity, which is probably why he's stuck around. So that's why. So see, Pixar really does take care of the world in your questions about it. (laughs) Yeah, or I do. I just or how how a representative of Pixar. (laughs) My new job. My Pixar ID. (laughs) I mean, everyone pulled your slinky out to maximum length to see how far it would stretch, right? Yeah, yes. yeah, that's or where threw it away after it didn't go down the stairs once. Exactly. <laughs> yes. This is this that commercial was a lie. Remember the <laughs> shitty plastic ones that were like hot pink or yes. neon green that didn't do anything. Yeah. Were those by Slinky or were those knockoffs? I don't know. They were by Slinky. They were like, okay. "This isn't your grandpa's Slinky. Plastic. <laughs> 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 they glow in the dark. And they still don't go downstairs. Slinky. Oh, the garbage God. is waiting." <laughs> <laughs> they they are all laid to rest right next to slap bracelets. <laughs> Here is the next quote is key to Carla's reading of Toy Story three, and perhaps oh, Car- Carla's reading of all movies. I overemphasize, uh, emphasize, empathize. <laughs> Uh, I think I wrote this down wrong or my autocorrect correct. <laughs> Carla did say it correctly. Uh, I over empathize with everything already. So if I start to imagine that toys have feelings, then my whole reality gets distorted. <laughs> I don't remember saying that. Well, it's it maybe maybe the deepest thing you've ever said. Like it's it's really true of like you have uh, this huge empathy yeah. for people, you know, and that's how you've tended to read every movie we've seen so far. Of, yeah. like, it's hard for you to get uh, to distance yourself emotionally from uh, from any movie, you right. know. Uh, so if I start to imagine that toys have feelings, my whole reality gets distorted. Yeah, are you really guarded watching? Yeah. The, like, I can't, I'm not going to let it get yeah, to me. Yeah, totally. These, they're just dumb toys. It's just a stupid cowboy. You can't really talk. It's probably <laughs> not even worth that much did anymore. Did you feel that way too, though? Like, knowing you had seen it and you had already cried. It had been a few years since I had seen it, but I was like, the whole time, like, holding my breath, like, oh, God, I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. Don't cry. Uh, no, I watched it. I remembered the part where I did cry. So I was like, I'm really going to get into this because I remember vaguely the plot. Yeah. And as I'm watching... In the first fight, I was like, they're so loyal to each other. And I just, well, I <laughs> yeah, was just was yeah, in yeah, tears. Yeah, yeah. And luckily, nobody can see. I've got two screens, so people can't see my face. Right. And everybody else sees my back. So I just acted like I was blowing my nose <laughs> as I wiped my eyes with the tissue. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the key, like, philosophical issue for the toys in this is, like, are we Andy's toys? Yeah. Or do we belong to all children? Yeah. You know? Oh, it's so sad. <laughs> And yeah. I think, uh, just, we'll just break away from Carlos quotes for a second to discuss this, but I think that that to me is like what makes it so poignant for me is those, those moments where you do grow up and you have to put aside childish things, you know, and what are the things you hold on to, you know, for nostalgia's sake? And what are the things that you have to say goodbye to? My, 
parents are in the process of moving out of the house that I grew up in. And Carla, I think, has mentioned this in the podcast before, how my childhood bedroom is pretty much still preserved exactly as it was. (laughs) Yeah, it's not anymore. Not not anymore. There's just tons of Christmas wrapping and stuff in there. All of my mother's (laughs) Christmas ornaments are up there. Right. But But the first time I went to their house, uh, this was maybe seven years ago or something, uh, we went into his bedroom and I opened the drawers and he had sweaters still in there from high school. (laughs) Like they hadn't touched it in Nostalgic that Nostalgic sweaters. Wow. Uh, Why don't those have feelings and Sweater voices? story. <laughs> sweater story three. Uh, but it is – whenever I go back home, there's always stuff that my mother wants me to go through that she's still holding on to. Of like I haven't lived at home since 1991. Yeah. You know? And a lot of this stuff I hadn't played with since 1982. Yeah. <laughs> so if I wanted it, I would have it. But I, it, it's really hard for her – to admit that her kids are grown up, yeah. you know, uh, because of the, the symbolism of saying goodbye to those things. You know, it's hard for everyone, I think. My mom's the same way. My mom has so much stuff of mine still. And I'm always like, just get rid of it, please. Because then I'll go home and she'll pull something out and I'll be like, yeah, I really do love that. And then I bring it back to LA and it goes in the attic and I don't look at it for years, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I have a ton, almost all my toys from my youth. The last time I was home for an extended period of time, like a year ago, I decided I'm going to go through it. Some of the stuff I'm going to keep. Some of the stuff I will designate to to just be given away. So at the time, Jennifer was reading the life changing mag- magic of tidying. Oh, I did that by this Marie Kondo. Yes, so yes. I was trying to. Con- I was like, all right, I don't have any feelings about these toys. They go in the box. My father comes in, and in the book, for those of you unfamiliar, they say, "Don't include your parents." Yeah, it's a whole they'll thing. They'll come in and rem- you're you're trying to get rid of stuff, and they'll remove it. My father comes in. And he's like. I remember when we got you that slot machine bank. Oh, like, don't keep it. He started <laughs> physically pulling stuff out. Of it. it was like oh. she was right. Yeah, one hundred percent right. He did not want to get, and he has room to keep it. Yeah, but it's hard. There, there are other pieces. I have a beanbag turtle, <laughs> my absolute favorite stuffed animal of all time, who is in my in my room in Philadelphia on a shelf in a closet by himself. Like he's got his own spot on the shelf. I'll never get rid of that turtle. Never. <laughs> if that house catches fire, I will. I will rush over, save the turtle. Everything else can go up. I'm yeah. sorry, Dad. You shouldn't have held onto that bank. It was weighing you down. <laughs> I told you. I told. But that, like, yeah. you can't. That's everybody has their Woody. That's his. Yeah. That's the thing yeah. he was bringing to college with him. Yeah, it's the one toy of like you certainly as an 18 year old, you're not going to bring a whole box of your childhood toys to your dorm room. You know? <laughs> right. You get a whole lot of yeeshes from a whole lot of frat burrows, but, yeah, but yeah. it's cool to bring like one toy and put him on your desk or whatever, yeah. you know, to remind yourself that you were a kid not too long ago. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Would guys do that though, really? Yeah. I think guys, yeah. Sure. So, guys do. Oh, yeah. I guess because guys like, they'll, they'll be like, I collect this toy. Yeah. <laughs> this is part of my collection. Yeah. Right? You can always pass right. it off as being a collector. Yeah. <laughs> when I was like 13 or 14 and beyond the age the G.I. Joe was cool, yeah. I would get the G.I. Joe so I could make them like set, set up, I would set up warscapes where I would pose them and that made it okay. Not like, maybe I should be trying to meet people <laughs> forge relationships instead of getting toys I have no connection to and posing them somewhere. I, I'm sure kids today still play with toys in the way that we did, where you just create, you know, you just hold dolls in your hand to come up with little scenarios for them and everything. But toys are so high tech now and video games are more advanced than they've ever been that there's, 
I, I mean, I know I'm going to sound like a cranky old guy talking about this, but I do think like there's so many toys that kind of do the work for you and you don't have to bring as much of your own imagination to it, you know? And that's what another thing I love about these movies is how much they honor, you know, a child's imagination. You're going to cry. Not yet. <laughs> we'll get to it. Uh, back to Carlos' quotes. Uh, the uh the Andy's dog is still around for some reason. <laughs> okay. Uh and he's kind of like old and slow and fat and Carla for the first time ever in a movie said, How is that dog still alive? That can't be right. <laughs> Cause normally I'm like every other movie Carla's like, You think that dog's still alive? <laughs> well in that case she's talking about real dog actors who are of course no longer around. Yeah. But for some reason Carla uh thought the cartoon dog still being alive was unbelievable. That's how real this world is to you. Yeah. That she feels that do- that dog should have died. There, there are a few things sadder than real old dogs. Yep. <laughs> and I have, a, I have a theory. I love dogs. I grew up with dogs. This yeah. is not, I'm not coming out as anti-dog, but when the dog gets real old and their face starts to turn white, to me that's like like their skull starting to show through and when it reaches a certain <laughs> opacity, that's when the dog is ready to go. Oh. Track, follow along at home. Old dog owners. Let's tweet at all the animal rescue oh, groups. Oh. Give me your skull dogs. I will care for them in their advanced age. I will love them as skull they dogs. skull dogs. That's right there on the Statue of Liberty, folks. <laughs> Give me your skull dogs. Uh, uh Carla said, my Barbie did not look that good. I painted on my Barbie's face. <laughs> did you cut her hair too? I did. <laughs> yeah. And for some reason, her foot was all chewed up. By who? I guess me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember doing it, but I remember it was there. Sure. Just a nervous habit of chewing on Barbie's Maybe. foot. Because they, yeah. they're real rubbery. Mm-hmm. Or the old ones were. I don't know what they're like now. Yeah. Uh, there's... <laughs> Don't say yeah like you know what I'm talking about. We've sure. all been there. Sure, sure. Put you in on a Barbie. It's just a Sunday thing. Uh, Ken and Barbie are real funny in this movie. So funny. By the way. Yeah. Michael Keaton, of course, is Ken. Yes. And Barbie is Jody Benson, who is uh, Ariel from The Little Mermaid. Oh. There you go. Um, but there's a little reference to uh, G.I. Joe. And Carla said, G.I. Joe dolls were too, all too short to be with Barbie. <laughs> They were. They were so much shorter than Barbie. Not the originals. Really? Uh, 12-inch originals from the late 60s, early 70s. And when we say 12-inch originals. Oh, God. They were toys. They were about a foot tall. (laughs) Um, uh, Carla throughout the whole movie was asking me whose voice was whose. And there was one one quick sequence where there's like one line from a janitor and like one line from a mom in the playground. And Carla said, whose voice was that? What about that one? (laughs) Diane Keaton? (laughs) (laughs) Probably is not Diane Keaton. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg was the voice of a toy in this. And I don't know which one. Um, was that a callback to another movie? I did see that as well, and I was like, "What toy was that?" And I immediately looked at the cast list to try and remember who some of the smaller. I know Laurie Metcalf plays the mother. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know all sort of the main toy voices, but there were a couple where I wasn't sure who the actor was. She must have been in the in the little girls' room, right? Where Christian Shaw well, is? Well, that's Kristen Shaw and uh, <laughs> Timothy Dalton, I believe. Yes. And, of course, Jeff Garland. 
Uh, of course. We like to do improv here. Keep it loose. <laughs> yes. I don't know if that was a Garland improv or not. And Bonnie yeah. Hunt was the voice of Dolly. Yeah. Whoopi was the voice of Stretch. Who is Stretch? Is Stretch the octopus? Oh. Oh. Yeah, it must be. Yeah. Does Stretch even talk? Yeah. <laughs> not until later on. Huh. Good job, Whoopi. You fooled me again. Yeah. <laughs> she, she really does deserve that award. <laughs> that Oscar for Ghost? Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> by the way, I should note that uh, Dr. Wave, our contact at Pixar, was Scratch Track Ken for three years while this movie That's was being so developed. That's so funny. I know? love yeah. it. And then eventually lost his role to Michael Keaton. God damn it. As always. These Hollywood elites. <laughs> Michael Keaton is really great in this. He really is. Yeah. Uh, and his voice isn't as low as it usually is. Or like as gravelly. Yeah, he keeps it real high. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe I'm just thinking of Batman. I don't know. I think you're referring to Buzz here. Uh, <laughs> if you don't know, you don't have to say. Okay. Guess the character. <laughs> but Carla said he can't really hurt. Oh, no, it was Woody. When Woody was for, first escaping from the uh, daycare, Carla said he can't really hurt himself. He's just plastic. Oh, yeah. When he's falling. Way to suspend your disbelief, Carla. <laughs> when he's falling in the air from the – he gets – He could get broken. You don't think plastic can oh. get broken when it hits the concrete? But then – but with like the Mr. Potato Head, you can take different parts apart and still be a person. that's the thing of that toy. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. he's interchangeable. Okay. I have the answers to you all, do, you do. all of you Pixar skeptics. How I believe me. you. I, I, I'm that, I, you won that argument again. But, but that's why it's so great because they have thought about the internal logic of each of these toys. You know, like the, the phone that you mentioned of like, how do you talk to that phone? You pick up the receiver, yes. you know? Yeah. And this basically, this movie is basically a prison escape movie. Yeah. Know? So it's the great escape. It's cool hand Luke. And that is just like picking up the phone at any prison to talk to the prisoner. Uh, and I, that character of the phone is, is so great because he's like the, uh, the prison veteran. Yeah. You know, good luck, kid. <laughs> Who eventually has to betray them. Yeah. They <laughs> broke me. That's right. They broke me. <laughs> Uh, so funny. Well, Carla also said, this is going to be a boring episode of your podcast. There's nothing wrong with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> not true. It's not boring. It's also not my podcast. It's our podcast. <laughs> and there are things wrong with this movie, as Carla has clearly found. So. Not really. She keeps trying. I'm going <laughs> to swat you down like the Kenbe Matumbo and wave my finger at you when I'm done. He's doing a really good job. <laughs> During that Chuckles monologue, that scene that you were talking about before, you know, where we see the flashback to Lotso and uh, Chuckles and Big Baby, you said, this is way too sad for kids. <laughs> <laughs> and it is to me. This is an adult movie, you know, and this is not like a kid's movie that has a few adult jokes in it. To me, it's like an adult movie that you can kind of show to kids and they'll enjoy watching the cute yeah. toys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? they'll, they'll miss it. I, I, the first time I saw this movie was in Santa Monica. With my two nephews who were, I think, like f four and like one at one was a baby and one was four. And it was like his first movie in a theater. So that oh, was wow. a big deal. And he just, it was like, all right, fine. It wasn't really that into it. Yeah. yeah. And meanwhile, we're, the adults are just yeah. watching and crying yeah. and really into it. So mm -hmm. it's, yeah, this, this movie is. It's for it's it can be enjoyed by everybody, but it's made for grown-ups. Absolutely, yeah, totally. Uh, on a similar vein, when Bookworm had that yeesh line, Carla said, "Adult humor." <laughs> 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 uh, 
when they're trying to bust out and there's that shot of Big Baby in the yard, Carla said, oh, this is the worst. What a creep. It's just staring at the moon like a creep. <laughs> Big Baby was such a creep until he, she wasn't. Right? Yeah. What do you think the gender of that baby is? Yeah. Does it, why do we have to assign gender to everything? <laughs> uh, and a great homage to Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Because uh, Big Baby picking up Lotso and throwing him in the dumpster is basically Vader picking up the Emperor. Oh, of course. And, and, and throwing him down. You know, I believe that's probably what they were doing in homage to. Yeah. Uh, pretty good. Did you see that too, Hal? Return of the Jedi? No, yes. did, did you see that? <laughs> Many times. Ever seen that film? It's no, kind no, of obscure. no. Okay, was that one of those space movies? <laughs> when you're watching Toy Story 3, did you feel like that was an homage too? Yes. Okay. Uh, (laughs) And that's what I feel, too. I'm glad we all agree. (laughs) For about the last half hour, Carla just made her out loud crying sounds, which were, (laughs) and then uh, here's some, uh, I'll just do a few more uh, real rapid fire. I hate feeling things. (laughs) What a nightmare this kid's movie is. That was a close one, Woody. Real close one. And then after they get out of the uh, the junkyard, you guys need to, you guys need to clean yourselves up first. Oh, and then they did. It's like I've seen this before. Or something. <laughs> so right after Carla said that, of like how much they stink uh, in, in the they junkyard, are. they immediately cut to them washing off with a hose. Yes. <laughs> so again, Pixar is one step ahead. Yeah, of totally. You. And Carla's final words: Ah, oh, stupid movie. <laughs> You don't like what it made you do. Yeah, which is feel. And uh, let's talk about that incinerator scene. So uh, they've uh, uh, Lotso, the villain, has left them behind. They're here uh, at the recycling center. They're all about to slide down into this this uh, fire, and uh, they're they're fighting back. And then they just kind of give in. And they all hold hands and they all just kind of accept their fates. Yeah. And they just kind of hang together as friends. And what a ballsy thing to put in a movie. And no matter how many times you see it, and the first time watching it with a room full of adults, like we all know this is a Toy Story movie. They're not gonna they're not gonna there's not gonna be mass carnage where they kill off all these toys. But you can't help think in that moment, and you still think it the fourth time seeing it, that it might happen. That's how much they've made you invest in these toys yeah. and care about them that Ugh. the they make you think <laughs> that they might yank them all away yeah. from you, and it still works. It's so powerful. I think this time for me it was more because I knew that they were going to survive. I think it was more just the depth of their feeling for each other that like moved me so much. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh god. Uh but like the horse, what's the horse's name? To go to uh, a bullseye. Bullseye. He's like freaking out and he's like kicking and Jesse, right? Yeah, just touches just, his just touches his ball. <laughs> He's <laughs> and he like immediately calms down mm-hmm. oh my god and he's just like okay we're in this together and he doesn't even say anything i'm so sorry but it like fucking destroyed me oh yeah for me it's the it's ham and the tyrannosaurus rex but with both of them have short arms trying to reach for each other yes and they finally killed him <laughs> 
Oh, Ladies God. and gentlemen, this is the first time in <laughs> Craigslist history that Carla, Craig, uh, and our guests are all crying. <laughs> and now we are laugh crying and cry. <laughs> oh, Carla, you want to give us a letter grade? A. <laughs> For what? Oh man, it's great. It's A plus. A plus. A plus. Yeah. Wow. It's a great, great movie. I have no real complaints. All uh, of my complaints are stupid. As Hal has proven again and again in the last hour, and I'm not mad at him for proving me wrong. Uh, Hal, is this an A movie for you? This is an A plus movie, and I would be remiss if we didn't briefly touch on the fact that the uh, symbol playing monkey is their eyes in the sky watching all of the security cameras yes. and so watching good. the eyes dart around yes. and him prepared to step on the button and start making all those monkey noises oh, is so, so great. Smart. And that whole scene of neutralizing him is also great. Yes. It's so layered and dense. So there's so many great things we didn't even talk about. Uh, Buzz switching to Spanish language. Yes. Oh, so funny. It's so funny. There's just so many great things about it. Uh, do you have an uh, animated movie you like more than this? Oh man, I it's tough to think of one. Inside Out is pretty great. Yeah. It's I, that one that one I cried as soon as it started and I didn't stop until <laughs> until the uh, the very end including all of the little like what's inside a dog's brain, what's inside a cat's brain. Yes. Right. That was the I was crying the entire movie. Wow. Yeah. It's about adult emotions. Like yeah. I, th- that is not a kid's movie either Mm-mm. in any way, shape, or form. And, mm-hmm. and so cleverly done to, you know, how, how they go inside your, uh, your brain. Your brain. Your brain. From, uh, from Astoria. <laughs> <laughs> Did I do it? Yeah. Oh, you're from Oregon? Well, we would be remiss with a top-notch improviser like Mr. Lublin to not improvise a little scene from Toy Story. And how I'm going to assign you the role of Lotso. Okay. Because I think you're a Ned Beatty type. Thank you. Carla, who would you like to play? Um, well, can we we learn the circumstances first? Okay. Because maybe I'll be better as one if, you know, depending upon what's happening. Well, let's maybe anticipate a scene that might be in Toy Story 4 because they, oh, they've okay. got to bring back Lotso, you know, because he's such a great villain. When <laughs> last we saw him, he was planted on front of a garbage so truck. Funny. You know? So, uh, so this, this is a sneak preview from a scene from Toy Story 4. Uh, and well, I think it's got to be Woody and Buzz running into, okay, be, uh, to Lotso. I'll be Buzz. You'll be Buzz Lightyear? I'll yeah. be Woody then. Is that okay? Okay. I don't know. I've never Great. tried it before. Here we go. Well, 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 look who it is. Well, 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 look who it is over here. Woody and Buzz Lightyear. Well, uh, you really have made an entrance, haven't you, Laszlo? <laughs> it's it's Lotso, Buzz. That's right. Lotso. Laszlo? That's like a Bond villain. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. I almost killed you in an incinerator. At least you could do is remember my name. I knew I hated you for a reason. I barely remember that. I was of a different mind and accent at that time. I don't think you were. Oh, that's right. I remember now. I don't know. I go back and forth a lot. Don't touch my button. (laughs) Well, I'm here to finish what I started. Well, we escaped from that incinerator, Lotso. And... You really, uh, we thought you were a good guy. 
We rescued you, and you turned your back on us. Turned your back right on us. Just like the kid turned her back on me. Everybody turns their back on everybody. You don't remember that kid's name, do you? I don't. I turned my back on her when she was in that window with another bear looked just like me. Listen here, Lazarus. You have to really just get over your past and move forward. We're here for the children, all the children, not just one children. That's right. I'm here for him, too, and it's Lotso. He did it again. You got to remember my name. Woody, I don't know what he's talking about. Does he need fresh batteries or something? Look, we're looking for a toy named Bo Peep. You know her? Oh, I know her. Yeah, I know her well. You better tell us right now, lozenge. <laughs> she's still doing Now I feel like he's doing it on purpose. <laughs> Just r- ripping my name up. There's not a way to find your Bo Peep. She's in my keeping. She's in your keep? That's right. That sounds so gross. <laughs> well, now, hold on. I'm a children's story. So whatever that word means for you, it's something different for me. She's very fragile, Lotso. Yeah, I know she is. She can't handle the heat. Uh, Woody, can you remind me again? Who is Bo Peep? <laughs> Dear God. And see. <laughs> Wait, I didn't get to say to infinity and beyond. <laughs> that, that, uh, Tim, what's his face impression? Tim Allen? Pretty stellar. Spot on. Spot on. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much, Craig's listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Craig's you listeners, say thanks, how, Craig? How, thank you so much, Craig. You were brilliant on this one. <laughs> As usual. Uh, Craig's listeners, there you go. That's I've just great. named uh, our audience, all 200 of you. <laughs> um, thanks so much for tuning in, and thanks so much to Hal Lublin. Yay, Hal. Uh, Hal, you got a lot going on right now in the podcast world. Tell us uh, where people can find you online and how they can find you on podcasts. Well, first of all, when is this coming out? Tomorrow. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, then you will be on We Got This next week. The latest episode will have dropped, which is part two of Mark and I recording in the backseat of my car. Yeah. Because Mark locked himself out of where he was yes, staying. I heard part one. It was oh, so great. Yeah, yeah. It was real hot in there. So we did a longer episode in the heat in the backseat of that car. Uh, <sighs> then next week is episode 100. Uh, which features you along with a bunch of our work juice pals eating M&Ms live at the punchline. It was so fun. Uh, I, I had a blast. I don't remember what I said. Hopefully <laughs> I served myself and M&M candy as well. Yep. Yeah. I think you gave us a new catchphrase, which is sucking it to the peanut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really going to catch on yeah. in Trump's America. <laughs> um, but uh, you can find me there. Uh, I also co-host a podcast about wrestling called Tights and Fights. Those are both on Maximum Fun. And I've just started a new podcast uh, with my buddy and yours, Travis McElroy, uh, which actually drops tomorrow, same day, today, cool. right now. You can listen to episode one of Surprisingly Nice, where we have guests on, uh, interview them, put out a partial episode, and then you can pay 99 cents on Bandcamp for the full episode, and that money goes to charity of the guests choosing. That's so nice. Yes, that's really cool. I'm looking forward to hearing it. And Adam Savage is your first guest. Yes, and he's. Uh, we're donating money to Standing Rock, so you can. Oh, that's great. You can donate money to the Standing Rock Tribe. Ninety nine cents is all it costs. And I'm at, at Hal Lublin on Twitter. You can find me there. Yay, Hal! Hal, you got your shit together, man. I try. You know it. He he knows who he is and what he needs to plug. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, my friend. And uh, next week will be episode twenty one for us. Number 80 on my list, and this is just coincidental that I've got two of the three animated movies back to back. This movie. <laughs> what is that voice? Back to back. That's my back. DJ voice. Okay. <laughs> it's a Bob Seger orgasm. Oh. <laughs> 
Batman moves. <laughs> uh, this movie is a Walt Disney film. And this movie came out in 1940. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I was lying about this, my nose would be growing. Pinocchio. The movie is a Pinocchio. <laughs> Pinocchio nose. <laughs> Let's see if there's any ethnic stereotypes <laughs> that don't hold up for 77 years later. <laughs> but next week, we will be wishing upon a star. With a guest. With a guest. Ms. Jamie Moyer, our first lady guest, is Ladies. joining us. Through great demand from one of the podcast hosts, we're going to have have two ladies talking about movies along with one dude. That's me, Craig Kikowski. Thanks so much for tuning into Craigslist. Look for us at Craigslist PCAST on Twitter, uh, and we will see you soon. The list is an absolute good. The list is life.